0: Now South Happy one year anniversary to NXT for them having to revamp and rechange their whole model structure last year around this exact time. Uh Yesterday was NXT's one year anniversary from them remodeling themselves, changing them from their old business model of the black and gold of getting independent talent. That was the hottest independent talent and putting them on their uh television and letting them do anything to now with this new business model that NXT has where they have. Talent that you don't know of much. The only time you know about them is if they were fighting or wrestling around your region and they get signed. And now they become big market names or at least they're trying to in this new NXT uh, market, this new NXT environment here. Um, It was really weird at the beginning. I'm not going to lie to you when NXT turned from the black and gold from the independent guys that everybody knew that was knee deep in wrestling. That's the niche that NXT from 2014 through 2020 or 2021 was feeding into to whenever it changed over in late 2021 into this now developmental system that Triple H is now called NXT, this version of NXT, their developmental. It was really weird whenever uh You saw the transition from that to this at the beginning. And I, at first, was resistant to it because I don't like a product to get changed, especially whenever a product was fine and dandy the way it was. But as this year has gone by, I will admit there has been some inclusions that I did like from this new uh, era of NXT that I got to admit that the past rendition of NXT didn't have. But before I get into those things, I want to start with the music first. As you heard from the beginning of the episode, I played the NXT 2.0 music. That's uh, Wale. And the title of the track is called Down South. And I was surprised to hear that Wale was doing the music whenever NXT came around last year. Because you don't usually get, like, rep wrestling uh, fans that are, like, superstars like the Caliber Wallet to do like opening title songs for a show of wrestling. You don't get that. I mean you get like special like appearances of them rapping uh superstar down to the ring or them putting on a little mini and I mean extremely mini like concert during the wrestling program, but them actually being the music choice for a wrestling like, a major wrestling company's, like, show, that I don't believe has ever happened. So Wally was the first, to my knowledge, to do it. And he's a longtime wrestling fan. Wale is known for being a wrestling fan. He has his own thing whenever WrestleMania season comes around. He calls it Wally Mania. And that's where all, like, the wrestlers from every other company comes out to party with wrestling fans, and they just have a good time. And I was glad to hear Wale was included in this new rendition of NXT so it stepped away from past renditions NXT's where they would just have rock music being like the intro for NXT so now we're in this new era we got rap and I'm extremely happy for that whenever I did hear it and I'm still happy for it now because it brings out that rap is the number one music genre in the world and for a wrestling company like WWE to acknowledge that and put it on their show, I was happy to hear it. Now, let's move on to things that actually changed besides music, like the wrestling talent and everything else. As I said earlier, you got past rendition of NXT from 2014 to 2021 of WWE getting the independent wrestling stars that were hot on the independence and signing them to contracts and having them being their biggest, brightest stars and putting all the money and backing behind uh, that talent. And the most significant talent pieces that NXT had during that 2014 through 2021 time was literally the Undisputed Era, was Adam Cole, Bobby Fish, Roderick Strong, and Kyle O'Reilly. You can literally think black and gold NXT. You're automatically going to say Undisputed Era, without a doubt. And besides Undisputed Era, you were able to get Matt Riddle to come in. You were able to get Damian Priest to come in. You were able to get Keith Lee to come in. Uh, Donovan Dijak. You were able to get Tommaso Ciampa come in. And Johnny Gargano. And I'll get more into those two specifically in a minute. You were able to get uh, Pete Dunne in. You were able to get Tyler Bate in. You were able to get a whole lot of other like stars coming in from the Independence. Malachi Black, Alistair Black in NXT. Um, Andrade... El idolo. I mean, you were able to get so much talent coming into NXT, Hydeo Itami, Finn Balor, Kevin Owens. I mean, I can go on lists on and on from the independent guys that were making a name out there on in the indies that every diehard wrestling fan knew that WWE just snagged up, grabbed up, put it in their system, and say, Hey, these are new toys. We're going to uh push them to the moon as much as we can and we're going to just basically have them underneath our umbrella and do what we do with them. As I said before, Undisputed Era is literally black and gold. When you think of NXT from 2016 to 2021, you're more or less, what was it, 2016? I believe it was it 2017. 2017, I'm sorry. From 2017 to 2021, you're going to think Undisputed Era because they were running the show. 2021 is whenever the Undisputed Era completely broke off Adam Cole turned on an undisputed era, and that's whenever contracts are starting to uh, fizzle out. In 2021, towards the end of it, before NXT turned into this colorful era that we're doing now, you saw Adam Cole leave, you saw Kyle O'Reilly leave. Those two played a pivotal role in 2017 to 2021 of NXT, and who remained it? was Johnny Gargano and Tommaso Ciampa, literally the hearts and souls of NXT that defined NXT literally from 2016 through 2021, even technically to 2022, because Tommaso will leave NXT, officially leave NXT in 2022. So from 2016 through 2022, you have NXT being the heart and soul for Tommaso Ciampa and Johnny Gargano, and vice versa, they're the heart and soul of NXT. And for them to come in NXT in 2016, 2015, if you want to play that game too, and they would grind it out. They didn't have a contract at first, but then they start grinding it out, being extra talent, and they constantly get called back to go back to work in NXT to put over some wrestler. And William Regal put... His eggs in the Johnny Gargano Tommaso Champa basket saying, hey, sign these guys. They'll do wonders for your uh, brand. And WWE took the leap of faith on those two guys. And what do we get? DIY. DIY has some of the best matches on NXT that you can look back now and watch completely now, and you'll be fine with it. Them going against uh, The Revival, or better known as now, FTR. Them going against Authors of Pain. Um, I'm probably forgetting some other matches now, but DIY had some great matches on NXT, just knowing that uh, Revival and Authors of Pain are just like their high-profile ones. And then you get the split of Gargano and Ciampa, Ciampa being the most villainous NXT villain that has ever been in NXT. He was literally the guy that everybody hated. He came out with no music, no nothing. He would just straight up just walk and just get played to the sounds of people just booing him and he would just revel in their boos and then we all get the story of trying to have the conquering hero Johnny Gargano get his uh revenge on Tommaso Ciampa and that rivalry itself will last from 20 what 2018 through 2020 so you had Gargano and Ciampa having their story off to the side and you have the championships playing a vital part of the NXT program from 2018 through 2022, whenever you had the Ciampa and Gargano storylines going off on doing their own thing, and then you had the champions playing a vital role in NXT. They weren't just like throwaway champions and everybody just caring about a Gargano and Champa. No, you had champions that were NXT champion, North American champions, tag team champions, the women's champions that actually made the NXT show something that you wanted to watch. They made the championships something that you wanted other people to grab and actually fight for and contend for. You actually wanted to watch NXT black and gold for those reasons. Because you got your independent guys, they got signed that were getting money now that you couldn't wait for the rest of the world to see. You got to see fascinating storylines and you got to see championships being defended and getting the honor and respect and prestige that you would think a championship would get. And then you get to late 2021. We now get the alert that NXT is going through a different change. We're all trying to figure out as fans of NXT, what does this mean? What is going to happen when we get NXT 2.0? And I believe this is probably the first time I've said NXT 2.0, except for when I said it last year around this exact same time when it first debuted. I said NXT 2.0 because I can't stand the 2.0 situation. I can't do it. I always call it NXT. The 2.0 just really just, it was bad rebranding. I didn't like the 2.0 aspect, so that's why all you always heard me say NXT. And I'm glad it's going back to just regular NXT. Spoiler alert, you'll hear it on the Wrestling Highlights of the Week this upcoming Saturday, but they dropped the 2.0. They're going to be just going back to NXT. So I'm glad they're doing that. I understand they had to stick with the 2.0 like slogan for literally a whole year to let that try to marinate in people's heads, but that was a completely terrible idea, and I'm glad they're dropping it now. But getting back to the point, you step away from the independent guys, and now you get these guys that you're just trying to homegrown. You get college athletes. You get wrestlers that are still wrestlers, but they're not big-name wrestlers like you would get in 2014 through 2021. Now you get talent that are uh territorial talent or regional talent. You might get a guy that's known more in the northeast and only the people in the northeast will know who that person is. And then when they go to Florida for NXT, you get the rest of the world trying to figure out, okay, who is this guy? Why should we care? What character does he have? You get that type of situation. Or somebody from the Carolinas. People in Carolinas will know. Get to Florida, same as I treatment. Okay, what's his character? Why do we care about them? All this type of stuff. So, with this new reincarnation or this uh, presentation of NXT 2.0, I have to say it actually did pull out some new stars. I will always go back to Carmelo Hayes being, in my personal opinion, the biggest star that came out of this NXT two, uh, new revamp model, this new revamp presentation. Before NXT got this colorful new look in the dying days of black and gold, he just came in. He was being this humble guy, and it just didn't work for him. You could see that his presentation, the way that he looked, he didn't look humble. And I said it a year ago on Wrestling Highlights of the Week episode. You can look back at it. Um, I said that he just doesn't seem humble. He doesn't. It just doesn't work for him. So whatever... The first episode of NXT comes around, you see him bring out his friend from school or friend from his past, Trick Williams. And Trick says, yo, who are you? This isn't this humble guy. You're not humble. What are you doing? And you see the real Carmelo Hayes start to really flourish and come out being this braggadocious, this guy that is the man, this guy that is, he is the guy, the A champion, this moniker that he has for himself to be the focal point of nxt you get that from him and you also get the friendship of him and trick williams the buddy buddy dynamic the batman and robin dynamic and i'm not trying to say that in a bad way but you get the drift batman's carmelo and robin is obviously trick williams in the instant. they both are equals but you know who's the talent in that pairing of Carmelo and Trick. Trick is there to help uplift Carmelo, and Melo, and vice versa, is, helped to, is there to help Trick in his matches, or even in his training, in the Performance Center. So, you see why those two are paired together, and they work really well. And on the first episode of NXT as well, you would get the introduction of who the company has put as the face of the company for NXT. Braun Breaker. You would get the introduction of this man. When you first see him, he's so happy-go-lucky. He's jumping up and down. He just can't wait to get in the match with LA Knight. And then, towards the end of that episode, he shakes hands with uh, Champa, who just won the NXT Championship. And you start seeing where NXT is basically going to be leading itself into with Braun Breaker and Ciampa being the focal point for the NXT championship. So you already have your future main eventer that they are putting a whole lot of emphasis on by saying Braun Breaker is your NXT future champion. This is the guy that we're going to put a lot of our time, a lot of our uh, patience, a lot of our energy into Braun Breaker because you guys are going to see what we see in Braun Breaker. Good choice, by the way. Again, Braun Breaker, he is still, I believe, this is his what? Technically, this would be his second year doing professional wrestling, even though he was born with his father being Rick Steiner, his uncle being Scott Steiner, but like being on television and being a legitimate professional wrestler, I think this is his second year, and he is top-notch not going to lie to you, Braun Breaker, I'm glad WWE did decide to go and put their eggs into the Braun Breaker basket. It worked out. I don't know if they, uh, I don't know what they were going to do if they didn't capitalize on Braun Breaker. Again, this was one of the problems with NXT uh, 2014 through 2021. And I'll say it right now, you didn't have talent that you guys homegrown. You guys didn't have that. You guys had independent talent that you guys just plucked and put onto your television, and voila, you have an instant star. No, with homegrown talent like Braun Breaker and even a Carmelo Hayes, per se, you got to let them get time on television on screen. You got to let them get time on the mic in front of the fans. You got to let them create this character, these mannerisms that will be indoctrinated in them so that when they get called onto the main roster, Ta-da, they have a character, they have a presentation, they have everything that they need, and it's all homegrown. You don't have to have people online saying, oh my God, you guys just ripped off this and that from the independent guys, and you guys just threw them up there. No. Braun Breaker, uh, Carmelo Hayes, Mandy Rose, Toxic Attraction of Gigi Dolan and J.C. Jane, these people, and also the Creed Brothers, I'll get to Mandy, Toxic, and the Creeds in a minute, but I'm focusing more on Carmelo and Braun. These are the two that you guys put a lot of time and energy and resource in with this whole NXT revamp model. And it showed itself throughout this whole year. Braun and Carmelo were two of the guys that you guys gave fancy entrances to. Good job for you. And they were able to be the guys that you guys set them up to be. Meaning whenever you gave them the ball, they would straight up slam dunk it, or they'll hit a touchdown, whatever sports an- uh, analogy you want to use, they were always being in your face, they always were able to make it known to you that, hey, give us the ball, we're going to score, period, it's going to be television, it's going to be on the mic, it's going to be backstage segments, whatever you want to do with us, we're going to make it work. Because Braun Breaker and Carmelo Hayes has that type of mentality and attitude that they're going to make their stuff work. So give kudos to NXT, the NXT staff, and also Braun Breaker and Carmelo for doing those things that were required of them to be the superstars that they are right now for the NXT brand. Another group of people that stepped up was Mandy Rose and toxic attraction. I did not expect Mandy and Toxic to last as long as they have literally for almost a whole entire year. I think they came together, what, around like the third week of NXT or probably even the fourth week, one or two, but NXT and Toxic Attraction, they have made a nice marriage for themselves. When you think of the women's division, you think of Mandy Rose, you think of Toxic Attraction. I don't care what nobody's going to say. If you think of any other women before them, I don't know how you do it because NXT has been putting a lot of their, again, energy, the eggs in the basket on the Mandy Rose and Toxic Attraction train. They have been the leading force for the NXT women's division. Whenever NXT 2014 to 2021, it was all about nothing but straight up women wrestling. They weren't trying to be sexy. They weren't trying to be any of that. No, we're here to prove that we're dominant female wrestlers, that we can wrestle just as good as the men. Fast forward to this new presentation of NXT, you get the women in there. Now the women are going back to being sexy. They're going back to looking a certain type of way to catch a man's eye. They're going back to what brought in the Attitude Era and even the quote-unquote Divas Era. But also, they can actually wrestle as well. Mandy has fine-tuned her skills since she's been down the NXT and she's been able to show everybody that she's not just a pretty face, a sexy body, or any of that. She's actually able to wrestle. Same thing that goes down with Gigi Dolan and J.C. Jane. Those two girls, women, have been able to show everybody, that, hey, again, we're not just pretty bodies. We actually can wrestle and get the job done. And same thing goes along with all the other female wrestlers down there in NXT. You get your Nikita Lions, that the internet Whenever she first popped off on NXT, the internet was going crazy for Nikita Lyons. People were, like, standing her Twitter account. Well, standing her account. They were standing her uh, Instagram pages. I mean, Nikita Lyons was a focal point for NXT for a good solid bit whenever she debuted. Uh, Lash Legend, she's another one that people were clamoring for whenever she showed up on NXT. You had... Cora Jade being another one. Then you get Roxanne Perez coming up here. I mean, the NXT Women's Division just has so many women pop in to NXT. I forget. Also, Electra Lopez. She's another one. Fallon Henley. I mean, you have so many women popping up on NXT. And I will not remiss Indy Hartwell. Indy Hartwell and Dexter Loomis storyline when it finally got to the point where Dexter finally spoke saying that I do on the first episode of NXT that got everybody jumping because everybody did not know that Dexter could talk with this character that he was he was always a silent mute he didn't say nothing but for him to say I do whenever his marriage vowed to Indy Hartwell that was something see the NXT women's division they were able to do storylines and they were able to do Different things that were out of the box. Again, Mandy Rose, she coming back to NXT, she dyed her hair from blonde to brunette, changed her whole look. That was a thing. Okay. Ivy Now, she joining the Diamond Mind. Oh, female joining a male-dominated group and her actually being one of the toughest members of that group. That was something else that we haven't seen in some time, too. And for Ivy Nile to be part of Diamond Mind, that was a great addition to Diamond Mind. See, the women were able to pull their load with the guys. They were actually able to stand side by side with the men, even in this new era in NXT. And then you get the new added faces of Tiffany Stratton. You get Saray, You get, as I said before, Nikita Lyons, You get the Roxanne Perez. You get the Tia Hills, You get all these other different women. I don't mean to disrespect you if I don't say your name, but you get all these other different women Added on to the NXT roster. of this NXT presentation. And they get to show themselves. Again. You get a whole new situation from them. Compared to 2014 through 2021. Of wrestlers. Female wrestlers as being female wrestlers. And that's it. You no, know, with this new creation for this year. You got to see them actually be characters. You got to see them play up to certain things. You got to see them play with the men. Play with... Uh, fans in the case of toxic attraction mandy rose just she knows that the fans are ogling and googling over and she'll play it up to that same thing with her and wade barrett wade barrett just constantly being a simp for mandy rose that was entertaining because wade barrett was the epitome of a lot of guys on the internet so for the women you got to see something that you didn't get to see a lot in the past uh, iteration of NXT. So NXT 2.0, that was another leg up that I like from them. The biggest leg up to me from NXT 2.0 was, again, the adding of new superstars to the roster and what they could do. You got the Diamond Mine being the Kree brothers, Roderick Strong. You get the addition of Damon Kemp later. Uh, Ivy now, with that, that one stable had so much potential at the beginning because Roderick Strong, he was always known as uh, the fourth wheel to the Undisputed Era. Yes, Roderick Strong was good. We all knew how well he could wrestle, but him being the leader of a new group, we wanted to see how this would work. We get to see a new tag team of Julius Creed and Brutus Creed, a tag team that people want to see succeed. Whenever they first saw them, we were like, okay, we all know what we're getting ourselves into. They're amateur wrestler guys. They, We know what we can get from them because we know what amateur wrestlers transition into professional wrestling is always good. So we already knew, okay, we can see greatness from them. And when we add Damon Kemp to it later, we were like, okay, another amateur wrestler going with Diamond. All right, cool. We go see how this big Diamond Mine family worked. And then at the time they had Stokely Hathaway better known as Malcolm Bivens, at that point with them. And Malcolm Bivens, he was the perfect mouthpiece for Roderick Strong. He was perfect. And Roderick Strong, with him going against Carmelo Hayes, you had Malcolm Bivens and Trick and Carmelo at the contract signing earlier this year. That was a great segment right there between Malcolm and uh, Melo and Trick because you had three black guys just talking to each other as their own, like, I'm not going to say native tongue, but they didn't have the code switch for anybody. They were talking to each other like brothers would do. And then they went back to, okay, we're back on television here. We got to fix it up a little bit, but not too much. They were still able to keep it authentic for the black audience. Now, moving away from the Diamond Mine, we were able to get Grayson Waller, the biggest NXT hater of all time. I'm labeling Grayson Waller the biggest NXT hater, and that's a good thing for a character like Grayson Waller, because Grayson Waller wants all the attention on him, he wants it all, and whenever he doesn't get it, he throws a big fit, and I believe whenever you need to know about Grayson Waller, just look at whenever Johnny Gargano was doing his farewell speech, we don't know when the next time we'll see him, and this whenever Gargano's contract was expiring, he didn't sign... With WWE again, we all speculated he would go to AEW, but he didn't. As we all can see, he's back with WWE now on the main roster. Grayson Waller played spoiler and hater to that moment when he cracked Gargano in the back and power him through the commentary table. He became public enemy number one in NXT. To the point that Wade Barrett, who's usually the bad guy's number one cheerleader, he couldn't even rock with Grayson Waller. He says, screw that guy. He is a prick. So Grayson Waller, he was able to become the biggest prick of NXT. Literally, their number one bad guy if you just want to throw in for people to just boo him out of the building. You can give Grayson Waller that mic and he'll turn it into magic. And I'll give Grayson that. Again, I've said it constantly. Grayson Waller is this era's Miz. Meaning that he is exactly what... The Miz is, but he just wrestles a little bit better, in my personal opinion. He wrestles this modern uh, eras of wrestling. Can he do backflips? I haven't seen him do it, but can he do stuff off the ropes? Yes. Can he do stuff off the top of a ladder? Yes. He's done that at WrestleMania uh, weekend, and their uh, takeover event. Just give Grayson Waller any type of airtime. He gives people to boo him and all this type of stuff. That is Miz territory, and Again, I want to make this specifically clear here. Miz wrestles like he is of the nineteen, what nineties, early two thousand type wrestling style, like Triple H, Rock, Austin type of uh, maneuvers. Like he'll punch, throw a couple kicks, slam you. That's about it of Miz's repertoire. Where Grayson Waller, he is now of this era, and he wrestles of this era of people. Yes, he could do some speed moves. He can do some flying maneuvers. He could do all that type of stuff, but he chooses to do them sparingly the only time he does anything that is of uh, speed or arsenal, like jumping into the ring to outside of the ring or vice versa whenever he has to do his finish. The rolling stunner from outside of the ring to inside of the ring. That's the only thing. But he wrestles and caters to that type of wrestling audience. The way that Miz did whenever he grew up. That's the type of style that Miz did. So, Grayson Waller is this era's Miz. Besides Grayson Waller, another character that really popped to everybody's uh, occasion was Tony D'Angelo. Tony D'Angelo is one of those guys that I did not know how we were going to go and execute this. At all. I did not know. I thought that, okay, we're going to get a guy that comes in here because at the time, The Sopranos was just being uh, revisited. That was on the news. Everybody was watching The Sopranos again from HBO Max. So NXT decided to capitalize on it. Okay, we're going to get a Italian mafia-style character on our show. And pops in Tony D'Angelo. And Tony D'Angelo has been doing well. He has not won NXT gold, But he's been in an amazing program constantly in NXT. When he got in, he was trying to become the guy, the Don of NXT. So what does he do? He joins the winning team for War Games. It's him, Grayson Waller, Braun Breaker, Carmelo Hayes going against NXT's last black and gold original members of Tommaso Ciampa, Johnny Gargano, L.A. Knight, and Pete Dunne. Back at that time, he was called Pete Dunne, but now he's known as Butch. He was on that team. And then after that, what does he do? He starts trying to become the Don. So his first major act was get rid of Tommaso Ciampa at WrestleMania weekend's uh, NXT TakeOver Dallas or Stand and Deliver Dallas. One or the two, whatever the name was called. That was Tony D'Angelo's first uh mission. He took care of Tama, also Champa, and he got him out of NXT. So that labeled him as the Don of NXT. Then his next mission was trying to have Legato's Del Fantasma work for him. And then he got that to happen. And then he included and recruited two guys. Stacks and Two Dimes. We all know what happened to Two Dimes. Two Dimes happened to get released from WWE. So now he's down to Stacks. Unfortunately, the storyline between himself and Santos didn't work out in the way that it was supposed to, but it all worked out for Tony D'Angelo in a way because he ends up winning. So he has a winning uh, rivalry basis whenever he's always in a rivalry with somebody. You can kind of expect that he's going to win. it's going to turn out in Tony's favor. So Tony, as a character, as a wrestler, you always kind of bet on him because you see his track record. So NXT 2.0 has been doing well for Tony. You get... Uh, Andre Chase who's a comedy relief type wrestler for NXT 2.0 he comes out there he has Andre uh, Chase University he uh, is just nothing but a guy who's just out there trying to be a professor to his students and have them just learn under his learning tree you would then also get pretty deadly moving over from NXT UK to the NXT stuff you get them you get Gallus you get uh, now, Tyler Bate, you get all these other former NXT UK guys now moving over to NXT in this new rendition of NXT that the former rendition didn't have. And speaking of that, you wouldn't also get in this one year time the most WWE main roster talent coming to the NXT like roster, their show that I've ever personally seen from the past uh renditions. This year, you had AJ Styles, you had Natalia, you had the Viking Raiders, you had Dolph Ziggler, you had Bobby Roode, you had Rey Mysterio, you had Dominic Mysterio, you had Ricochet, you had Drop, you had Nikki A.S.H., you probably have more other WWE top stars that I am probably forgetting at this time coming to NXT to just wrestle, have some appearances on the show to build up the NXT brand that the past renditions of NXT didn't have. They didn't have it like that. The only time they'll probably get like bigger like stars coming back is when they were like what, a takeover to come back for like a one-off show, one off appearance or something like that. But other than that, nah. It was majority just, okay, we let those guys rock out and do what they do. This rendition, this one year of this new colorful rendition of NXT. We got NXT, uh, NXT stars mixing it up with main roster guys that come down to test themselves. So, again, this new era of NXT, it was it's done well. I can't really complain about it like that. It's actually done well. The only thing that people will try to say is that, well, we didn't get our indie guys the way that we did. It. Okay, guys, listen. It's called evolution. You knew it. After you saw the first episode, you could kind of see where they were guiding themselves into. so now with one year going by now, if you haven't figured it out yet, you need to they This is now a developmental show. This is whatever you get to see the stars become the before they become bigger stars on the main roster. This is all nXt is meant for. So if you're not into that, do not check into NXT. Just watch the Raws and your SmackDowns. But if you want to see the stars of tomorrow, before they actually become the stars of tomorrow, like Big Tommy, and you want to see them on the ground floor, you see them scratch and claw and become the people that you're destined to see later down the road, watch NXT this rendition. This is exactly what you're going to get from the future forward now with all that being said nxt i am glad that you guys are on this transition on this route that you guys are on at first i was uh resistant to it but now i see the vision and i am fully on board with it and i'm just going to continue to watch what you guys do for these next couple years for these next upcoming years personally next year is going to be I believe different as well, because now Triple H has the full creative control of WWE. And I would like to see how he's going to put his input in on this uh, crop of talent here. I understand that Shawn Michaels and some of his guys were having their hands like on this roster in this field of NXT throughout this whole entire year. Process, But now that Triple H has the main roster, like booking status, and he makes all the storylines and all this type of stuff, I would like to see how he tries to put his hands on his former child's uh, project, if you will, because NXT was his passion project. That was his project, but now is off to his best friend. So I would like to see how he puts his hands on it. But anyway, NXT, I am going to continue to watch. I'm going to continue being a fan. I'm going to continue hoping that you guys succeed, just like I do with every other wrestling promotion. And I want to say congratulations for, well, pivoting and executing a hard task this last year, but you guys were actually able to do it. So again, I want to say thank you for that. And with that all being said, I think there's no other way to go out but then letting the man, the founding father of NXT say, Its slogan, since it's one year and we haven't heard it in one year, I think it's a nice, like, little palate cleanser. So, without further ado, Triple H, if you could please hit us with that slogan.